This is Sunday School for Misfits, hosted by me, Dr. Selena Stone, a podcast where we, the Misfits, explore the good, the bad, and the questionable of our church experiences and the Christian beliefs and perspectives that we were taught. Welcome and thank you for listening. Well, hi there, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Sunday School for Misfits, the first of 2024. I really hope that you had a good end to the year. I owe you an apology, I feel, because I just, I feel like I just disappeared off the radar over the last few weeks without giving you a little heads up. And this was, um, and this was for a good reason. For those of you who don't follow me on Instagram, my sister had her baby five weeks early. And so we were all taken by surprise and in the most beautiful way ever. And um, we now have an addition to our family a little girl called Tiana, who is the joy of all of our lives at the moment. She arrived on the day that I was planning to record um, an episode on Advent. And um, then she was here. So I was like, okay, well, that's the end of that then. So uh, we've just spent the last few weeks. I've spent the last few weeks on auntie duties, which has been the best thing in the world. And um, getting used to this new life, who is now part of our family. Christmas Day was the first day she was at home from the hospital. So we were just basically trying to do everything we thought we would have done in the five weeks she was supposed to still have been cooking in the oven. And yet we were kind of sussed into it and it's been absolutely amazing. And and my sister and her husband are doing really well as well. And it's been a really special time. And so that has basically shaped the last few weeks really and into the new year. It feels like it's just uh, her arrival has eclipsed everything and also really been funny at a time when we're expecting a baby as in the baby Jesus to be met with this other baby <laughs> at the same time. And so it's been, a, for me, I've been thinking and processing a lot within myself in this time. And one of the, the things I really wanted to share before I talk about new year and all of the stuff that's going on with the Lenten book and things like that, I wanted to to speak a little bit about doula wisdom. And this occurred to me as I was reflecting earlier on about our experience of approaching this birth of this new baby. And for those of you who don't know, I think it's a, a very spiritual calling actually to assist women in the in the run up to giving birth and often are there during a birth as well. And I think this is something that has been really popular in the US, I feel, but it's something that has become recently popular, especially for black women. One of the things I've been clear about for me, if I was ever to be pregnant, is that I would want to have a doula. Um, because doulas are people who are not part of the the kind of government run healthcare system. They're women who have and I don't know whether men are ever doulas, but the ones I've, I've only ever encountered have always been women. And they're people who have a special gift for accompanying women at a time where they're very vulnerable and anticipating something very special, but that also can come with some risks. And so as I was, we had a session with the doula two days before my sister's waters broke. And it was, I was very thankful that we managed to get this in done in time because the session with her really prepared us all so I was there as a birth partner and my sister obviously was there and her husband was there as well and we spent a good four hours with the doula talking through labour and birth and what to expect and then speaking specifically about the birth plan that my sister and her husband wanted to implement 
And as I was sat there with this lady, she'd, she'd done this for many years and she was obviously a, a very spiritual person. And she had a, a very strong sense of birth as a beautiful and natural experience that we've often been taught to be very afraid of. And so her, a lot of what she was offering us was a change in perspective in what can be a very difficult experience, but nonetheless doesn't have to be feared. And so she spoke to us a lot about having a more positive perspective on birth, changing our language from talking about pain to surges or sensations, um, thinking about the contractions as necessary for the bringing forth of life, rather than something to be anxious about and to dread. So just, just little changes in our mentality that, and our language that really helped my sister as she was approaching this life-changing moment. And so we left, I left the session with the doula feeling equipped as a birth partner to advocate for my sister if necessary, but also to have it just a changed mindset around what birth was. And this was helpful for me as somebody who wasn't going to be giving birth at that point, because I think it's something that has really sat in my mind. It's like, why would anybody want to do this? <laughs> but hearing the doula's explanations of birth really helped me to reframe what childbirth is. And my mum was not a doula, but had a very rich and beautiful understanding of childbirth. She had four children and she talked about childbirth as a really wonderful experience, which I never really understood because I thought all I, what we're called to associate with birth is pain and distress. And we know that complications can happen during childbirth. And for some women, they even lose their lives. So I never thought of it as anything less than scary, but my mum had a very positive view of birth. So anyway, I say all of this to say that I was really sitting with the role of the doula as I went through the, as my sister was in the hospital. And so I, as I, as my sister's waters broke and we realised it was actually her waters that had broken and not just like a weak bladder, we went to the hospital and it, and, and it, the whole process began. And so we were in this position now of accompanying my sister as she gave birth to her, to her new baby. And I felt a deep spiritual and as well as emotional and um, responsibility in the space I felt like it was a, such a, a privilege for me to be there as this new baby was being born and birthed into the world and so one of the things that really struck me about the the wisdom of the doula was this idea that the the things in life that we find very difficult that can be scary that actually we can find some ease in them if we're able to shift our mindset from something that is to be feared rather than something that is necessary and it really resonates with me because as we, as I processed last year and also thought about the year ahead, we can, re I was filled with the sense of I've come through some difficult things, but I've also experienced some amazing things through those challenges that I've experienced and overcome. And, and this was something that for me resonated as I sat with the doula and as I was then with my sister was that we can't always, there's something inevitable about certain challenges we face in life. And birth is a really good metaphor for this. As soon as you get pregnant, the birth is going to have to come, right? It doesn't matter whether you're giving birth vaginally or you're having a cesarean. It doesn't matter what method of giving birth you're doing. The baby has to come out. It's inevitable. And and this can be, I think, something that can make people feel anxious, but it's it's, it's almost, it's unavoidable. Um, and in order for new life to come, there has to be that 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 struggle, that labour to bring that life into the world, 
or there has to be a surgery and the recovery that has to bring the life into the world. And so I think sometimes in our own lives we can, and I've had this struggle myself, is this fear of what feels difficult. The fear of of our loneliness, the fear of not having what we want, the fear that things are not going to work out in the way that we hope, the fear that we've did that certain things we want are delayed, the fear that you know, what if we don't get the job? What if we don't get the partner? What if we don't get the children? What if we don't end up in the situation that we imagined ourselves to be in? Or the fear of a challenging conversation, the fear of a difficult negotiation, the fear of losing someone or something, all of these fears that we can have around things that are inevitable. And how often if we're able to take a breath and shift our perspective slightly, we might realise that First of all, that these things cannot be avoided. And secondly, that that although it's difficult, it doesn't it doesn't need to be something that we fear. And this can be easier said than done, of course, because some of the things that we fear are are very big in our imaginations and would be really big if they happened in real life. And I don't want to be dismissive of those realities at all. But the wisdom of the doula for me was that you have to go through some difficult things, whether you like it or not. And the way to survive and not only to survive but to even find joy in the midst of those difficult things is to keep your mind on the the thing that might that lies on the other side and to also accept that the the challenging the stretching of our muscles the the the, the sensations and the surges that we feel Sometimes that is just a sign that we are stretching and we're pushing and we're moving into something amazing in our own lives. And I don't, I feel that very strongly for us as people that this is almost like a cycle of life that's built into the, the the very way that our human experience is and it's built into creation as a rule right like you don't get to springtime without going through the coldness of the winter you don't get any any creature that's born has to push through something whether it's pushing through the shell that they're born into or pushing out of the womb you have to prune a, a, a plant for the new branches to come like this is almost an inevitable rhythm that's built into creation and it's the same in our own lives that in order for us to find newness of life there often is struggle and striving and pushing through that has to occur and so um this is something that's really spoken to me and I hope that it is something that I can offer to you all as a as a as a way of processing some of the things that we're dealing with personally and I also wonder whether this works on a communal level as well, that as we together are pushing forward for in solidarity with those who suffer around the world, as we're in solidarity in this own, in our own country, right, with the mess that is going on in our own country right now, that, that newness can come when we push together in, in the ways of justice and peace and in the ways of making the world a better place. And so this is what I've been sitting with in the last few weeks as I've processed the newness of life that we're experiencing in our family. And when I talked to my sister after the baby was born, she she said to me, and I don't think she'll mind me saying, that she felt this incredible surge of energy that was almost like she didn't know she had it in her, this ability to push this baby into the world. And I remember being with her and thinking when the doctor was, when the doctor was asking her to push more, I was like, my girl, she's given everything that she can. Like, I don't know what else you think she has in her, right, to get this baby out. But it's like my sister had this strength that she didn't even realise was there. And it, again, made me reflect on how we're in the midst of really challenging things. And we're wondering, we don't think we have enough to get up the next day sometimes. The next week, 
I've at this job, in this relationship, in this challenging situation, feels like, man, I don't think I have it in me to carry on. And my prayer is that in those moments that we feel overwhelmed, that we have that, that something in us will remind us that we have a strength that we don't know. And, and I'm talking here specifically about those, those, those inevitable times of difficulty. I'm not talking about the things that we go through because we've made questionable choices. I'm talking about the things where this is just part of life. You know, we, we have difficult times in relationships. We have difficult times in, in our, in, in our jobs, in our health, in all kinds of ways. And we wonder, can I ever, do I have the strength to get up another day? And my hope is that we actually experience that surge that we didn't know was possible in us that allows us to keep on going in the way that we need to. So this is what I'm, this is what I'm praying for myself. And this is what I hope will be, will be a blessing for you. But we're here now at the start of a new year. And with this comes a whole lot of expectations. My New Year's Eve was spent watching Black Panther with my niece in my arms while my sister and her husband got some sleep, staring at her basically. (laughs) Um, And it was magical and beautiful. And so we're at the start of a new year now, which always comes with a lot of expectations, expectations that we put on ourselves for the ways that we're going to be better than than we were last year. Um, Expectations for other people, for life in general, for the goals and objectives we have. And I think there's been a really good um, attitude online, I think, recently that has basically been promoting a kind of New Year, same me approach, which I really, really like. And I think it's partly I like it because I feel like as a goal-oriented person, those of us who are also like this, New Year's can feel very exciting in that we get to review last year and all that happened. And I do that every year. I sit down and I review the year before and think about the year ahead but um, this year I was kind of drawing blanks in terms of like, what is it that I'm writing down as goals for the year? Because I generally feel like I'm doing everything I need to do. And so the new year say me approach, I think is exactly what I'm adopting. And I think it's quite liberating because that is what we need sometimes when we're the kinds of people who are striving and accomplishing our goals is sometimes we need to just relax and slow down a bit and take our foot off the gas And for some other people, maybe who feel like they really benefit from having goals and striving, I think it can be really a good thing to set intentions for the next year. But for some of us, what we need to just do is maintain the good patterns that we established last year and and be kind to ourselves and give ourselves some grace. Because it's not every day that we have to be pushing, 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 contrary to what I've just said. Sometimes we need to just relax. Sometimes we need to breathe and just accept that we're doing exactly what we need to do. And we are growing on even underneath the surface in ways that we can't always see. And that's enough. And so um, I myself am taking a New Year's same me approach. And I think for those of us who do feel this desire to push ahead and push forward, that's not a bad thing at all. I think it's part of our human instinct is to want to grow and improve hopefully you know some people have the opposite problem of not having any sense of vision or desire for their lives which is often rooted in a whole range of things but I do think that there is a a real sense that actually that discernment of what we need to set up for ourselves in terms of our objectives our vision for the next year whatever it is that we want or whatever language we want to use 
that we find a good ways of discerning that. And and that I think is is part of a general spiritual practice of reflection and meditation and stillness, which allows us to silence a lot of the surrounding noise, which can project onto us objectives that we don't really want and instead allows us to be in tune with ourselves. So online, there'll be a hundred different things that people are encouraging us to do. And the TV is the same, like everywhere you go now are objectives, things that are tempting you to set up new goals, whether it's, you know, exercising every day or, or, or being vegan for the whole of whatever, being vegan or, you know, exercising every day, or it might be financial goals that you're setting or some kind of self-care rhythm that you want to implement. And I think the discernment of what you need to set for yourself, if you are going to do that, is a really important thing. And finding goals that are both ambitious, but also realistic. You know, if you know that you're the kind of person who struggles with the discipline around food and eating, for example, setting yourself an extreme goal that you're not going to be able to maintain, does that make any sense? And it's only really going to lead you to more frustration with yourself when you can't maintain the goals that you set that are just unrealistic and so sometimes when you see something online that sounds cool for them you have to figure out what is the realistic goal that I can set for myself I'm not going to manage to be vegan for the whole of January you might think maybe I could just cut out red meat to begin with maybe I can wind down a few things and then keep it going and find a sustainable pattern. You know, everybody who goes to the gym knows that in January, you are you can barely get in because everyone is starting their new gym routine and it won't last past March. Sometimes even just January, you have to, I'd be going into the gym earlier in the day, like three o'clock to try to get my workout in before it gets full of people. And even then it's still fuller than it usually would be because everybody's trying to get a new rhythm in place. And for lots of people, it just isn't sustained because they might have a burst of optimism and energy and then they actually just fall back into their old patterns. But for some people, it will stick. And so I just think you have to figure out for yourself, like talking to the people who know you best, not just listening to the to kind of latest social media posts, but the people who know you the best and discerning what is it that maybe in the next year you might want to prioritise and also be open to the, to the things that might come to you as well that you may not plan. So I had a really good chat with one of my best friends last night and we were just talking through where we are at in terms of our lives and our careers and our faith and all those things. And we ended up deciding that we're going to meet up in a month's time to have a time of prayerful reflection together because it's something that we both want and we don't have it. So something that I think was a a desire deep down for me that not something that had even risen to the, the surface of my own life as a priority but talking to her I was like okay this is something that we're both desiring that we can both fulfill in each other's lives and so um we're going to start meeting up once a month to talk and to pray and to reflect together on the scriptures to encourage us as we're both in seasons of one is to keep our faith up as we journey through challenging times. And this is something that I'm really grateful for and something that has come to me without me necessarily like writing it down on a vision board or whatever else. It was a kind of simmering desire that now has come to the top. So I, I'm a big believer in just being attentive to 
what might be coming across your path in the next few weeks as opportunities, as desires that you might not even have known that you have. You might not even be that aware of that desire, but um, it's simmering underneath the surface somewhere. And as you meet people and as you journey through the, the next few weeks, you may come across an opportunity to explore that and to see if there's a way that that desire might be met for you this year. And I hope that that is something that happens. I hope that whatever it is that you're feeling you need, that you have the space and the time to explore how that need can be met in a really rich and wonderful way. Because we all need to have those things while we're journeying through various other issues and challenges in our lives as well. Something my friend always reminds me of is a verse in Proverbs. I think it's Proverbs 16. And it says that we roll the dice, but the Lord decides where they fall. And she reminds me of this when I'm freaking out about like how I'm doing my best to make things happen and it's not working out the way I want, <laughs> which is frequently. And um, and it, it again reiterates that sense that there are the things that we do and there are the things that God holds. And this, I think, is a is for me at least, I'll speak for myself, a very essential reminder all the time, but especially at the start of a year when a lot feels like it's up in the air. Life is often feels up in the air because jobs are temporary. And so you're often thinking about where you're going to work next and where you might move to next and all those kinds of questions. And you're putting in applications or you're exploring ideas, projects you might want to launch and you know, what to do, especially when it comes to those kind of big life decisions, um, whether you're on Hinge or some other dating app, which I am once again going to leave, to, to be reminded that there is more going on than just our own decision making and our own plans, that we can, we can roll the dice, we can make plans, we can organise, we can launch out projects we can we can do whatever we want but there is something else going on there is another life force that is not just ours that is helping things to come together in ways that we cannot always see and this gives me a lot of courage honestly because I think it reminds me that in the middle of uncertainty and lack of clarity in the world in our lives that there is that we can always have hope that not everything depends upon us and sometimes when it, in the letting go is when things come together and that's very cliche, but I do think it is true. I've definitely seen that happen in my life on more than one occasion. And so I hope that you've managed to, at the start of this year, and it's not too late to take some time to check in with yourself and how you are and to make sure that you have some patterns for self-care and spiritual care built into your life. Um, it's something that I am always striving to do because I'm not that great at, at it, to be honest. My prayer life can be very, very up and down and sometimes more down than up, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> but I laugh only because I know that God is kind and merciful. And I just, and I, and I think that it is a challenge to find the ways to do this stuff well. And so I, after this, what I hope is an encouraging and inspiring episode at the start of the year what I wanted to update you on is just plans for the coming months so many of you would have seen that my Lent book Terry a while is now available it was released on the same day my niece was born so literally I was like this is a very crazy coincidence 
So my sister had a baby and I had a baby, but I also say, I'm not going to say that anymore because I really did not have to go through it like that to bring this book into the world. But anyway, that's another conversation. But the book is available now. You can buy a hard copy or an audio book. So I recorded the audio book last week, which was very, very funny. And also made me think I speak quite quickly on this podcast (laughs) because I had to really slow down and it took me two days to record the book but I think it's good. And I hope that if you do listen, you'll find it soothing. Um, And it's also funny listening to your own words come out of your mouth because I was like, some of this is a bit hard hitting, isn't it? Like it's, um, I was really laughing at myself and some of the things I wrote, but um, my plan at the moment, and I'm still figuring out how this is going to work with the publisher, is to, we're still organising the Birmingham launch. So there will be one fingers crossed at Waterstones in town sometime in February if you're in Birmingham in the UK or in the Midlands then that would be great and what I really am hoping to do is to give like a podcast listeners advance notice about this launch and to give you like a code that you can basically get a ticket quickly before a more general release this sounds way too exciting it's not it's not like a Beyonce concert where people are going to be rushing like that but I'm really wanting to make sure that I get to meet some of you if you are in the vicinity and interested in physically being together so I'm trying to make this both a book launch slash Sunday school for misfits get together I don't I think capacity wise is only going to be like 180 to 100 people so it's still going to be quite small but I want to make sure that I get to meet some of you if you're planning to come down. So I will let you know as soon as possible when the information is ready. And then I'll let you know before I make a general announcement online. Um, So do listen out for that. And what I'm also planning to do in along with the Lent book, which I've written, there is going to be a devotional that my friend Carlton Turner has written, who I had on the podcast in the first season, the Bahamian guy who laughs a lot. He's written the devotionals um, in a series called Watch and Pray, where he's drawn on the themes from the book to write a daily devotional. So um, to be clear, the Lent book is written in seven chapters with questions at the end of particular sections to help you process the, the section. The Lent book is a every day you can read a section. But, but often what people do with the Lent book is read a chapter each week. For me, who reads quite quickly, I just read the whole thing at once. But the devotional gives you a daily reading. So I will let you know about all of this as well in case you want to do Lent. And what I would love to do actually is to have some live conversations each week on the themes of the book. Um, as well as release a little video that just lets you have a summary of like what I'm dealing with in the chapter and why I approached it in the way that I did. So I'm basically, the short of it is I'm going to be producing various bits of content in the coming weeks that will accompany the book so that those of you who want to read the book through Lent or engage with me during Lent will have access in various ways. So keep your eyes peeled folks. It's going to be a busy time for me, but I'm feeling excited about it and wanting to make sure that you have some good resources. So it's an exciting time. And um, and I will keep you in the loop. For those who don't know, Lent begins on the 14th of February on Valentine's Day. That is going to be Ash Wednesday. You're not going to have to give up anything for this at all. It, unless you want to do something that will help you to tune in with your spiritual self. Whatever you know for yourself, you know what your thing is, isn't it? Like if it's something that you think you want to give up or take up, that's going to help you 
enhance your your connection to God and to your spiritual self, then that will be something to be start thinking about. I'm going to start thinking about that, to be honest, as I say that to you all. And um, and yeah, and then we'll, we'll go through this period of time together. So I'm looking forward to it. And I hope that you have a wonderful January and I'll talk to you again very soon. <laughs>